Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast, your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. It's Wednesday, May 25th, 2022. I'm Beckler. Shauna's still away this week. The Flames lost last night. They're on the ropes now. Uh, game five is back here tomorrow night in Calgary. Down 3-1 in the series. So we talked a bit about that on the show today. I didn't include a lot of it on the podcast just because they do end up losing the series. I don't think any of us are going to want to be reminded of it if we, if we listen to this episode down the road. I included one thing kind of about that today, and it was more to do with like the attitude of of Calgary and I think it maybe came off the wrong way to some people because I got a couple angry messages where people are like you're always crapping on Edmonton and I, I mean I like to play into the rivalry I also love Edmonton I I enjoyed my time living there I got lots of good friends that still live there um, but I was essentially arguing that like the Oilers are more important to Edmonton than the Flames are to Calgary and I don't if you've lived in both cities I don't know how you could argue that and I think like having worked in media in both cities I have a decent vantage point for it. it's like but that'll make more se- more sense once you uh, you hear the break maybe which is later on in this podcast we're going to talk about a TV trope involving disguises something that I'm trying to adjust in my own thinking I think I'm a little judgmental sometimes of certain people and I'm trying to be a little more conscious of that we talked about construction waste on the show yesterday and the just how much construction waste there is. There's another type of waste that's a huge problem in parts of the world, too. We can get into that. Matt Berry's going to join me to argue about the best live band of all time. Something vehicle manufacturers are doing in their advertisements lately. Uh, but first, your out-of-context clip of the show. Boy, it sure is scary out there. Had you went outside, you could have gotten really hurt. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. We got to make a dump run yesterday. Oh, man, I love it. I know I talk a lot about the dump on this show. I, I, it's because I love it. I, re- I really do. And I secretly hope that there's someone who has only ever tuned into this show on the couple of occasions where I have been talking about the dump. And they think, man, does this guy talk about anything else? No, but I'm talking about the dump again. Got to go to the dump yesterday, and I'm going to tell you about the entire trip. So I had only ever been to the bin part of the dump. If you're unfamiliar, there's the part of the dump where you like you pull up to the bins, you back up, and you just throw everything in the bins, and then they get rid of that. And it's very organized, and it's very clean. But this time, as I was pulling up to the scale, the woman who was working at the, 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 the desk there said, you'll probably want to take this load around to the pile. And I was like, I've never been to the pile here. So you pull up, and it, it is just a, a pile of garbage. That's the real dump. If you're a dump hipster... If you're a dump snob, that's the real dump. The bin area is kind of sterile. The pile is raw. The pile is, it's real. So you you get to that area, and you're driving on just straight dirt at this point, or perhaps decomposed garbage, I'm not sure. And there's a guy standing there who works there, and I call him the dump master. I don't know what his official title is, but he usually has a big stick and a pair of yellow coveralls on. And I pull up and roll down the window, and I say, hello, how are you doing? And he says, Living the dream. Now, normally, I don't like when people say living the dream in response to how are you doing because I think it's just like it's it's lazy. It's like it's a canned response. There's 
no personality or authenticity to it. I will make an exception when the man saying it is literally surrounded by garbage. And you can barely hear him over the squawking of the dump birds. So I throw on my work gloves and jump out and drop the tailgate to start unloading. And my wife McKenna is with me. And she, she steps out of the vehicle. And within seconds, she gets pooped on by a seagull. Like, within seconds. And she's like, I'm not doing this, and jumps back in the vehicle. And I climb up in the back, and I'm unloading everything, and kind of hunched over and watching the sky for, for poop. like uh, Kind of like Johnny Depp's character in Fear and Loathing, where, he th- where they're in bat country. That's, that was how I was behaving. And there, is, like, if you, there, there are sometimes hundreds of birds that take flight all at once and fly right over you. And there's poop dropping all over my truck, all over the garbage that I'm unloading, miraculously. I did not get pooped on. I did a check when I got back in the truck, and I said to McKenna, did I get pooped on? And she said, no. Somehow. I have no idea. It was, it was just her. It's like they targeted her. Maybe they know that I'm a dump kind of guy, and they're like, all right, we're not going to poop on this guy. Let's get the blonde. <laughs> Let's drop some poop on her. All in all, for me, real successful trip to the dump. VNS in 20 minutes or less. You're probably familiar with the term greenwashing, Yes. Uh, it's not a new term, but if you haven't heard it, it's basically it's when a company tries to convince consumers that their products are more environmentally friendly than maybe they are. Because it's very cool to be green right now, and it has been for a few years. You see this a lot like in the, uh, in the vehicle world, like in the world of advertising vehicles. There's this ad out right now, and I don't know if it's airing in Canada or not, but I've seen it online. It's for the new Kia Sportage. And... <laughs> In the, it's ridiculous. In in the ad, this guy arrives at the beach in his new Sportage, and he sees there's garbage everywhere. So he attaches this, like, he hitches up this, like, rake attachment to the back of his vehicle, and then he combs the beach for all this garbage, and he puts it into uh, into a garbage bag. And already you're like, okay, man. And then he sits there and watches the sunset as the turtles come in back to this newly cleaned beach that he cleaned. And it's... <laughs> Everyone was ripping on it so hard because they're like, if this is actually a turtle habitat, like probably shouldn't have been ripping up and down the beach in your vehicle. But he made a difference that day. And you're, we're going to see this more and more as EVs become popular, right? There are already people who have they've convinced themselves that by driving an electric vehicle, they have made a huge difference. And, you know, I'll give you an example. So the new Hummer EV, which, of course, is on the more obnoxious end of electric vehicles, um, it has a 200 kilowatt hour battery, which I believe is enough for five Nissan Leafs, leaves, Nissan Leaves. But like, guaranteed, there's someone who's going to buy the new Hummer EV and think I made a difference today. It's like, well, really, you're driving. <laughs> you have the battery equivalent of five vehicles. Did you? Did you make? I mean, don't kid yourself. If you want to buy an EV because you want an EV, that's great. But like, don't convince yourself that you're saving the planet by doing it. And it's funny, as you know, as all these companies are bending over backwards to show how environmentally friendly they are, a couple weeks ago, Cadillac announced the new Escalade V. And I don't know if you've seen this vehicle, but it is a monster. Costs like 150000 bucks, I think. It has a 682-horsepower engine. It's the biggest engine they've ever put, I, I believe, in a, in a GM SUV. And I think that's hilarious because <laughs> that's going on at the same time everyone else is trying to show you how green they are. And they're just like, here's the biggest Escalade that we've ever made. Like, what, what, what were those meetings like at General Motors, at the headquarters? Sir, the trend is away from giant gas guzzlers. Are we sure we want to go this direction? Nobody's going to buy this vehicle. And he, 
Well, I don't know. I think there are enough aspiring rappers that we're going to lease at least a few of them. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I've told you we've, we're doing these renos on our new place. And like when you're, when you're engaged in a project like that, you don't want to stop to have to eat. So we end up like ordering a lot of food. And, you know, if you're a tradesperson, I totally get it. Like you're, you're, you're deep in the job. You don't want to take a break to go eat. So you just, you know, order some food, crash an energy drink, destroy a toilet. <laughs> I know how it goes. <laughs> so anyway, we ordered we ordered McDonald's the other day for lunch. And if I don't know if you've ever ordered McDonald's off of Skip the Dishes or Uber Eats or whatever, but it comes in a in a big paper bag, and the bag is sealed with these stickers, I think probably to show that it hasn't been tampered with at all. But then the stickers have messages on them encouraging you for deciding to stay home, like letting you know you had made the right decision. The, the, there were two stickers on this bag. One said, aren't you glad you stayed in? Good call staying in, said the other one. And I was like, interesting, interesting choice. I mean, from their perspective, yeah, you you ordered their food. You made the right call from for them. But, I mean, maybe not the best thing coming out of a, a pandemic where so many people are now terrified of the outside world. And now the, the, the bag, the food that you ordered is telling you that, yeah, you, you should stay in. Boy, it sure is scary out there. Had you went outside, you could have gotten really hurt. A puma could have tracked you. Better stay in here and dummy a few burgers. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You're still in here. Uh, I was I, I was reading this this essay. It was about the band Kiss. Mm. And uh, the author of this essay said that Kiss's fans consider them to be the greatest live band of all time. Right, and it always looks like they put on a hell of a show. Oh, they do. I've seen them twice, <laughs> and it's a hoot. Like, it's a straight Terry Fest, but yeah. it's so much fun. Now, is the like, band itself really amazing live, or is it kind of the all-encompassing of the Kiss show, like the pyrotechnics? and? When I saw know. them, they sounded pretty good. Yeah. I mean, their songs aren't super difficult, and Paul Stanley can sing, so those are the two things that kind of really matter there. Yeah. Um, but, the, yeah, the, it's such a spectacle. Right. So I was like, they, they would have a case, KISS fans, of them being the, the, the greatest live band of all time. But if yeah. not them, then who? And that's why I brought you in, because you've seen more live music than probably anybody here at the station. So yeah. who uh, who could be, I guess it depends what you look for in a live show. Yeah, because like I was going to say, like, I think if you're looking for like a big show, like big spectacle and stuff, like I think there's some of those bigger bands. Uh, you know, I've never seen them live, but I, I'm sure the Rolling Stones... Mm -hmm. Put on one hell of a show. I've seen them live. Yeah, it's insane. Like the, just the size, like the scope of their tours. Yeah, and the fact that they've been doing it for for so many decades. Like they would have to be in the running for greatest live band of all time. And they're just like like full on professionals with it. Like the idea isn't that they're coming in like phoning it in. It's like Mick Jagger is still up, like still up on yeah, stage. They're doing it. He runs like four miles a night on their stage or something. Yeah. Like he wears a pedometer because he's such a big stage and he's like, right. yeah, he, I don't think he's ever phoned in a show. No, no. How could you, right? <laughs> uh, I was going to say like I've, I've heard, uh, you know, it's like and, and Pearl Jam is like one of those bands where it's like they do these encores but we're like, they did a three hour encore. Yeah. Like, well, that's uh, it, that's a, a good parameter too. Like it, how long does the band play? Like how much do they leave out there? Because, you know, Bruce Springsteen apparently plays for like four hours a night, which right. to me is almost a little too it's long. Too I'd be much. like, all right, all right, Bruce, I got it. <laughs> I got the records no, at home. He's, like, working so, he's working as hard as you worked. <laughs> <laughs> to pay for that ticket. You can't you wait and your to blue leave. <laughs> hey, hey, Bruce, wrap it up. Wrap it up, buddy. That's like, I've seen Rush a few times. Right. And like, their live shows were insane. It was the spectacle. Like they, They're such talented musicians, and they played for like three and a half hours. Yeah. And such demanding music. Totally. I was like, 
Man, maybe they would be one of the greatest live bands of all time. And I'd say uh, Foo Fighters probably be up there as well. There's a reason why Foo Fighters have become the biggest band on the planet right now. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like their their music's like good. It's better, like their newer music, like to me, doesn't hit as, as well as the old stuff. But yeah. like they're still selling out those tours because people know that like they're coming for the Dave Grohl show, right? That's right. And I, I said yesterday, like they Dave always bragged about how their shows were two hours and 45 minutes long because an hour of that is just him talking. Yeah. So, <laughs> which if you like that, if you like Dave, then maybe it's part of the draw. It's like but, what banter. However, um... I have, a, I have a bit of a counter where it's like we always think of the, the best live shows as these uh, as a spectacle, mm-hmm. as these bands are up there like rocking out hard and they got, you know, whatever, like, like visuals and, and it's crazy. But I love a lot of bands where it's like that was an amazing, like say like Dan Mangan just played a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Bella Concert Hall. And that would be up there as one of the best live shows I've seen. Like sounded incredible. Mm-hmm. Like his, his banter was like fun and thoughtful. But like not overbearing, nice little stories about things, like quick in and out, yeah. and like the whole crowd singing along. It's That's just so beautiful. Cool. Yeah, like, it's, like it sounds amazing. So it's like just because there isn't a spectacle doesn't mean it can't be one of the best live shows you've ever seen. In that sense, the best sounding live band I've ever seen was the Zac Brown Band. Oh, because there's like eight of them. They all play. They all sing. They're all like like they're such professionals right? right and like the harmonies are beautiful and so they were the best like in terms of just like the audio quality like the musicianship that was the best show i've ever seen yeah mine would probably be one of them would be uh, i saw george ezra at the commodore oh. in uh vancouver and he just comes out he's like i'm george ezra i'm gonna play some songs for you and it's like that sounded like and the record he plays the wheels off those songs <laughs> the wheels yeah. off. V-N-S in 20 minutes or less. yesterday on the show we were talking about construction waste and I, I don't want to give the impression that I'm some, like, you know, crusader for sustainability and the environment and stuff, because I'm, I'm, I'm not. Like most of us, I probably consume more than I need, drive bigger vehicles than I need, live in a bigger house than I probably need to. It's kind of the way of the West, which is unfortunate, but it's kind of the way that we're set up here. Um, but, I, you know, we are talking about this construction waste yesterday, and this video came down my feed. It was kind of related to that, although this had to do with clothing waste. And I guess a lot of the clothes donated in Europe and North America end up in poor countries. And the video gave this ex- the example of this market in Accra, the capital of, of Ghana, called Cantamanto Market, if I'm saying that right. And each week, this market gets about 20 million items of clothing from Western countries. But only 60% of that gets sold. So then they have to, do, they have to figure out what to do with the remaining 40% of this clothing that, that that ends up there. And if you're following the math, that is 8 million articles of clothing per week that end up as waste. So they end up just burning a lot of it. And you could probably imagine what 8 million articles of burning clothing every week does to a place. It's not great. Honestly, buddy, not good. So, I mean, if this is concerning to you, what 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 can you do? What can you do as a consumer? Well, I mean, the donating and thrifting is still great. I don't want to put you off donating and thrifting, but it just like, I mean, maybe want to make sure that the things that you're donating are useful, that like somebody could possibly get use out of it, that it's not like crap. Um, the big problem I guess, is 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 fast fashion though, right? Clothes that are meant to be worn just a few times and then chucked, or like on on you go. So the best thing you could probably do is buy things that you know are going to last. Buy things that are of slightly higher quality, and you might have to pay more up front. But you know, like I subscribe to the buy it for life mentality with many things. Where, yeah, I'll pay a, a higher sticker price up front, but I expect that thing 
to last me a really long time. And it's true of clothing, too. Like, I've got shirts that I've been wearing for 10 years. A T-shirt for 10 years. But if you buy a good quality T-shirt, it, it, it should last that long. It should last through washing and that. So, I mean, that's that's something you can do if, if this is concerning to you or... Or not. I'm not your mom. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You know, back where I was just listening about your T-shirt for life policy. Yes, sir. You know, I'm, I'm down with that, too. I buy a T-shirt. I pay a little bit more for it. And then, uh, you know, it turns into a work shirt when it gets too ratty for, you know, casual wear. Yep. And then, of course, it turns into rags when it gets too bad for a work shirt. Yes, so, sir. I mean, three lives? I three lives out of it, hey? It, exactly. Like, I don't... I don't believe, I mean, don't get me wrong, I believe in thrifting, I, I do it myself for my kids and, you know, yeah. donating clothes and stuff like that, but I mean, the fast fashion and all that is just because, I mean, I had an ex that was like that, you know, oh, I bought this shirt and it's, you know, one-time use. Yeah. It was $45. <laughs> oh, man. I know, and like, I, I, the, you know, people that, they, they go shopping like every week, for, and I go yeah. shopping once a year, maybe? Yeah, you know, and yeah. they said buy a couple yeah, nice yeah. T-shirts and wear them for ten years, and yeah, hit, hit up winners and uh, <laughs> and uh, head home because I go for what I want. I don't need to, I don't need to do the whole like three hour mall trip. Oh, you know? I know, man, and I find that like you know uh, the H and M stuff, for example. Yeah, it's cheap and it looks good, but like you wash it once and it doesn't fit properly anymore. Exactly. Where, whereas, like, my Carhartt shirts have been through the wash I don't know how many times, and they still look great. Yeah, well, I like the shirts that you get with a free case of beer, because, <laughs> you know, because uh, just, they just fit. You gotta, what are you going to do, throw it out? No, you're going to wear that thing. Then you're going to turn it into a work shirt and then into a rag. It, exactly. <laughs> and even if it's too small, I'm going to wear that sucker because I just bought a case of beer, and I got a free shirt, and I'm going to wear it proud. And then that's our treat. So I was on holidays last week, Sean was on holidays this week, uh, but before I left, we sent Shauna into a Tim Hortons in downtown Calgary to try to get a Go Flames Go chant going um, among the strangers there, among the people, and it, it didn't really work. God bless her, she tried, it didn't work. I think it was just the wrong crowd, and there's a video of it on our social media channels if you go back a ways, but I was reading through the comments on, on one of the videos, and someone said, Calgary is known as the city of three-quarters participation. And I thought that was hilarious. I think it's also kind of true, isn't it? Like, we don't get too cranked about anything here, do we? we I mean, we get into it, but not, like, all the way. You know, like, even, you know, I know our, our, our crowds are known to be quite subdued. When touring musicians come through, I think our, our crowds are a little more reserved than in some other places, on some other stops on the tour. And I was... I don't think it's necessarily a a bad way to be that we don't get, you know, too cranked about anything. We got other stuff going on. That should be the slogan on the welcome sign, shouldn't it? Calgary, we got other stuff going on. I don't know why that is, like why we are the city of three-quarters participation. Is it if it's because so many people are like transplants here from elsewhere? We're a very spread out city, so maybe, I don't know, maybe it's like not quite as intense and like in-your-face type living here as it is elsewhere. There's a real outdoors element here, right? So maybe a lot of people like to escape to the outdoors. Maybe all of that contributes to Calgary being the kind of place where I mean people aren't a hundred percent invested in what's going on. I don't I don't know. I don't know. There's camping, hiking, skiing, you know, oil's getting hot again. Got all this got all this other stuff going on. You know, even this playoff series, I was thinking about this playoff series. If the Flames lose, 
which we have to admit is looking lightly, likely at this point. It's going to suck for a day or two. And fans of the Oilers, they will gloat. They'll rub it in our faces. But we'll get over it. we got other stuff going on. Right? Whereas if Edmonton were to lose, I, I can tell you, as someone who's lived in both cities, they would be devastated. Because the Oilers are, hands down, the most important thing in Edmonton. It's not even close. Whereas here in Calgary, I mean, yeah, we like the Flames. We support them. But we got other stuff going on. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I saw this story the other day about a company in the Czech Republic that makes custom bike seats, or saddles as the serious cyclists call them. And the idea is that, like, not everybody's undercarriage is shaped the same. So if you have a custom one, it's going to reduce chafing, make for a more comfortable ride. I guess it costs about 400 bucks, And the way they do it is they have you sit on memory foam. And they take an imprint of your uh, your Pat Metheny there. And then they get <laughs> and they form a seat around you. Man, that'd be a fun job to work at. They'd be like, yeah, we're just going to get you to... Just pop your Chug Peterson on here and we'll get a nice uh, impression. And these jokes aren't as funny when Shauna isn't here. Because normally we can go back and forth to try to make each other laugh. Right? Without her, I'm just a crazy person rattling off all these different terms for your butt. Your sandblaster, your Wurlitzer, your rig mat, your honey cruller, your big muddy, your cheese doodle, your tub thumper, your puddle of mud, your punisher, your dog pound, your McGriddle, your carnival barker. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I'm trying to change the way that I think about this one certain thing, like this one, this, my mentality towards this 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 one certain thing. And I'll, I'll try to explain it to you here. So I was chatting with someone the other day and uh, a name came up, this name from this, this dude that I'd gone to high school with. And I hadn't really thought about him since then. You know, we kind of ran in different circles. But my first thought was, man, that guy was a bit of a goober in high school. And then I thought, well, like, hang on. That's not really fair of me, is it? Because I'm 33, and high school was, it was half a life ago for me. And I'm still thinking about this guy based on how I, I, I knew him back then. And, like, surely he's not the same person he was in high school, that might be my only reference point for him, but he's he's done some living since then, I would imagine. Like, I wouldn't want to be thought of based on how I was in high school. I've, I've hopefully grown since then. I think we all do, especially in those like those years between your late your late teens and now. Like, you, you learn a lot about who you are and, like, the mistakes that you've made and stuff. I would like to be thought of as I am right now, which is still an imperfect person, but hopefully better than I was in high school. So... Why was I doing it to this guy then? That wasn't really fair of me. So I'm trying to like reframe that in my mind. Like I might have I might have only thought about this guy, you know, when I was 17 years old, but he's probably not the same as he is now. You know, we talk about how in this day and age someone can get in so much trouble for something that they said years ago and people don't really factor in that people do change over time and people learn and they grow. So, I mean, I guess that that starts with with ourselves, doesn't it? And I kind of realized that with with this dude. I was like, I gotta stop thinking about people as they were and assume that he too has grown since then. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Sean and I talk a lot on the show about TV tropes, the ones that we notice in the shows that we're watching. Well, my wife McKenna and I are watching the show The Americans right now. I don't know if you've seen The Americans, but it, uh, it aired for six seasons, I think, on FX and ended in 2018. And it's about a family of Russian spies deep undercover in the United States. And it's... Oh, it's so good. I wasn't sure when I started watching it, and now we're completely hooked. Um, 
But there's a real, like I've been watching, the, we're on season five, I think, and I haven't really brought up any TV tropes from the show because there really haven't been that many. Like, there's a lack of TV tropes in this show. And I think, you know, like normally if Sean or I watch a show, then we will come to, the, to this show with like the TV tropes that we've noticed. And there just haven't been that many in the show, which I think is probably a sign of a really well-made show, that they aren't relying on these these crutches of television storytelling. Uh, but I noticed two, though. I did, there's two that I picked up on. So the first is that, like, in this show, there is a complete lack of security cameras anywhere. And it, in many instances, the president, the presence of just, like, one security camera would completely derail the plot. Like, if, if there was just a camera outside of one store and they got a... A shot of this one person, like that would that would be the end of the plot right there, and I know like the show is set in I think in the early '80s, so we probably weren't as heavily surveilled then as we are now, where there's cameras everywhere. Everyone has a camera on their doorbell these days, um, but still, like there was probably one or two security cameras around in the early '80s, and they just completely ignore that in this show for the sake of the plot, and I I find that slightly unbelievable. Uh, the other one is that uh, it. <laughs> And with that first one, I mean, there are so many shows where it's like the, the presence of a cell phone, of a phone call, could could change the whole story. It's like, do you do you not just do you not have this technology available to you? Of course, in the '80s they didn't, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, the other one that I've noticed is because this show deals with espionage, quite often the the characters are in disguise, and the disguises aren't very good. Like it's like the glasses and a wig, and that's supposed to completely change the way the person looks. Uh, and there's the TV Tropes website actually has an entry on this. Uh, it's called Paper Thin Disguise or Clark Kenting, because Superman would be the best example of this, right? He looks exactly the same. He's like the most jacked dude around, but he puts he puts glasses on him. No one knows who. Oh, he's got glasses and a suit. That can't be him. Are you kidding? Look at the barrel chest on him. Look at the chest on that fella. There's one scene in The Americans where one of the characters removes his wig and glasses and to like reveal himself to another character. And she's like, oh my God. I was like, he looks the same. You've been listening to the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.